it, how's it, how's it? Welcome back for another episode with me, Nick, and my buddy, Ronnie. How's it, everybody? Time for business down under, hey, Ronald? It feels a little bit strange that we won't be at the game this weekend. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it's definitely off-putting since that, that we weren't able to watch this past weekend, and now suddenly we're playing this coming weekend, and it's at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's just puts you know everything upside down right not really sure what to make of current times it's confusing everything upsetting everything my golf has to had to be pushed till later in the day it's just unbelievable how dare they hey but it is it's true it's an early kickoff for us here in south africa not the time we're used to playing the aussies at you know we, we're used to these sort of games against the kiwis where where is everyone going to be watching the game guys you should let us know in the comments i'm going to be watching it straight out of bed Straight out of bed. Are you even going to get out of bed to watch it? No, I'm not going to get out of bed. I'm just going <laughs> to roll over, uh, open up the tablet, and, and we'll be watching it. That's not a bad plan. Remember the old days, hey? We used to rock up at Dross with 10 or 15 of the boys, getting that breakfast with the bottomless cappuccinos and sitting there watching the game. Yeah, we're still carrying some of those bottomless cappuccinos around. Eh? <laughs> yeah, it's been downhill ever since. That huge breakfast they used to have with bottomless coffee. It was like 20 rand or something like that back in the mm. day. Yeah, no, that was definitely a bargain. But uh, let's let's just be glad we don't do that every weekend still. <laughs> yeah, well, it used to be the perfect follow-up to a night out at Hatfield Square. Fortunately, that's not, that's not around anymore to almost end us on a Friday. That's a bit of a shout out to all of our Pretoria listeners, Hatfield Square. Nobody else really knows what Hatfield Square is, and uh, shame on you for not knowing. Well, Victor Matfield Square, hey? <laughs> as, our, as our friends from Rhodes would call it, yes, Victor Matfield Square. But yeah, so no game in South Africa. Ronnie and I have been at the last five of them. A bit disappointed we won't be in the crowd this weekend, the first. No, no, no. I'm going to say it. I'm actually I'm exhausted watching live rugby. I really just want to be able to watch the rugby live on TV and know what's going on. When you sit up in the stands, the emotions are running high, blood pressure's up, everybody's screaming, and it's fun, but you have no idea what's going on in the game. Tell me you're 30 without saying you're 30. <laughs> that is you know what I really want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm 30 without being without telling you that I'm 30. You know, when you go to the cricket sometimes and they give you those little headphones that you put in your ear so you can <laughs> follow along what's going on. I really want one of those at the rugby game because I really want to know what the ref is saying. He's just pointing this way and pointing that way. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know. I once used to play rugby, you know, donkey years ago. And, and I know exactly what that ref's saying. But uh, you actually have no idea. <laughs> you're one of those that watches the crowd, eh, Ronnie, and then you shout to the crowd. But you don't know if you're yelling because you're happy or yelling at the ref. <laughs> then they just they just rile you up as well you start, you start oh no it wasn't a knock on like, what are you talking about it's not a, it was a high tackle we'll okay, have to right. we'll have to have a chat with super sport and see if we can get you a headset like that for for next year ronald yeah one of those cool nfl ones that they have on the one side of the head you know just headphone on the one on the right side <laughs> that's cool that, that would actually be an interesting experience I, as much as i'm mocking you for being an old bully that actually would be pretty cool exactly if you've got those kind of seats where you sit up high and you can see the game from above, you know, and you've got a headphone that tells you what's going on, uh, it, could be, it could be quite fun. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. We're definitely going to have to bring that up with Supersport. But yeah, Ronnie, why don't we dive straight into it, hey? Adelaide Oval this weekend getting the action box facing the Wallabies. It's our first time in Adelaide playing the Wallabies at Adelaide Oval. So I think the only good thing about it is that we've never lost at the Adelaide Oval. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, it's the first time I've ever seen you as a, an optimist, eh, Ronald? Yeah, I'm a glass half full kind of person. <laughs> Top half full. But yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting clash between the Wallabies and the Box. It's very different styles of play we've seen on display from them this year. You know, the Wallabies trying to put uh, some some width to the ball, spread it through the backs, where the Box are sticking to tradition and bashing it up through the forwards. You know, what do you make of that, Ronnie? What are you expecting from this weekend? Well, I don't know. I don't know if we said it on the podcast, but there was also that quote that came out that said, uh, you know, South Africa's plan a, got plan A and plan B. And if uh, plan A doesn't work, uh, plan B is to do plan A, but better. So <laughs> I think uh, it's much of the same coming from the spring box. And yes, uh, uh, that seems like the Wallabies like to spread the ball a little bit more than a typical spring box team would. It's uh, so much so that they just keep skipping their 10 um, from from. Yeah. The last game, so let's just let's just see if maybe they fix that. Uh, maybe we can expect their ten Bernard Foley. Uh, for all, for all accounts, it's going to be old Bernard, where he touches the ball a little bit more often. Yeah, that's definitely going to be interesting to see if they try that direct approach against the box like they did against Argentina, which did not work. You know, Australia also really struggled to contain uh, Argentina's aerial game. In that last fixture, I mean, they were picking those balls out of the air and causing havoc at the back for Australia. And I mean, we know that that's Pollard and Faf. That's coming to Australia for 80 minutes or as long as those two are on the pitch on Saturday. With the amount of Aussie rules that those guys play or, or have played, they should be uh, absolute wizards under the high ball. To, I think you're right. It's it's, it's coming. What? Or there's nothing new that's going to happen with the Springboks. I think any special moves or the move will be say for the world cup and uh but uh until then it's going to be it's going to be much of the same big forward brutal physical uh rugby and and a kick game yeah it's going to be a lot of kicking i think the aussies will be missing a player like israel falau after last their last game against los pumas and hopefully again when they face the box this weekend but we don't talk about israel falau in this podcast all right apologies dear ronald but, and, you know, talking about the 10 receiving the ball and the Aussies trying to play with, with a bit of attacking flair, they had a lot of success against the box last year when they used Quade Cooper. But now we've seen Bernard Foley called back into the fray. He's more like a Mornay stain for me, you know, a consistent 10. He's, he's going to do the basics right, but he's not going to light your back line on fire. And I, that's why it interested me quite a bit to see that Kirtley Beal was not recalled because Beal is much more of a similar style player to a Quade Cooper. Yeah, I was also a little bit, uh, a little bit taken back when I saw that Bernard Foley was going to be the first choice to come back for them or to be recalled for them. But you know what? They they seem to be experimenting. It's not the worst time to be experimenting. It is a little bit late, you could say, when, if you look at the the upcoming World Cup next year. But yeah, I like Bernard Foley. I, I do, like you say, he's somebody you can rely on a little bit more. Um, I don't 100% agree that he's a Mornay Stain because no one's like a Mornay Stain. But uh, he is reliable. He is Mr. Reliable. And, and that's why I won so many fantasy rugby uh, competitions back in the days because I relied on Bernard Foley as my team. Yeah, that's and true. and Christian Diafano actually he was also my go-to team, uh, but I wonder with this with these new eligibility rules whether Christian hasn't uh, removed himself, you know, for selection from from the Wallaby teams. Yeah, that's definitely possible. And I mean Foley, he's been out for four years. He hasn't been in the Aussie setup, and it will actually be quite interesting to see if he is drafted straight into the ten jersey for this weekend. I do believe, and I think you do too, that he's going to get the starting jersey. But I mean, really, he's only been with the squad for about a week. 
Yeah, no, at the time of the recording of this podcast, uh, they haven't released the squad, have they? Or they haven't released the Australian team? No, they haven't released the team as of yet. Mm. Uh, okay, we'll have a look and see what comes out. Yeah, I think ben, you're right. Bennett Foley should be getting that uh, 10 jersey. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting... It's a, Like you say, he hasn't been playing for, for, for four years. I mean, granted, there was a pandemic in the middle there, so four years isn't quite... Four years feels more like 18 months. But, uh, but yes, it's going to be interesting to see how the Aussies can... can make Bernard Foley work for them. Yeah, and I mean, the Bucs now haven't won a game in Australia since 2013, which is, it's actually crazy to think about. It is, in, it's in, incredible. Like, you know, obviously the last couple of weeks or so, uh, you know, this has been coming out in the media and people have been saying that it really is the case. I know we haven't had wins recently. And when I say recently, in the last couple of years, pre-pandemic, but I never realized it was all the way back to 2013. I know there was that one draw that we had, but uh, but no actual wins. It's it's quite shocking. So it just goes to show that the bloody Aussies are, uh, are a dominant team. Yeah, and you know what's actually crazy is since 2013 up until now, the Aussies really have not been world beaters themselves. You know, they've been a side sort of lingering in third, fourth, fifth on the log and performing well, yes. But then they're not going through an era like New Zealand went through under Steve Hansen where they were beating absolutely everyone in their stride. So it shows that they really are just formidable at home. They like playing at home. Their crowd gets them going. And well, I was, was going to say, you can't really say that because they put one of the biggest losses that New Zealand's ever had. You know, they, 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 beat, they beat the Kiwis convincingly. And, and yeah, like you say, no one's, no one's been as dominant as New Zealand. But I also think that uh, New Zealand was a, you know, that was a, a, a team in a, in a century, once in a century sort of a team and situation. And, and, and there's a lot more competition now up at the top. So I don't think there's going to be another dominant run like the Kiwis had over the last 15 years. No, you're probably right there. But I mean, if we look back to the team that last won in Australia, some of those players will be playing this weekend, but not very many of them, hey? So from the starting team, Eben Etzebeth is there. He played in 2013. And Dwayne Vermeulen was at eight. Funny enough, Flo, Willem, Albert and Dwayne were the loose trio in that game, which is a bit of a... That's a hell of a loose trio. But I, I saw that picture of, of Dwayne. It doesn't look like the, 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 the modern Dwayne. It looks like... Uh, a child. Yeah, you know, when Dwayne was... It looks like the Cheetah's version of Dwayne, you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that uh, feel like he had highlights in his hair or something. I don't know what that was all about. Well, so actually, since I'm looking at this team, the front row for that game was Beast, Bismarck and Yanni. Yes, that's a throwback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh? Flip, your good yeah. mate, Flip van der Merwe, was in the second row with Urban. I'd love to apologize to him one day. <laughs> and then Ruan Pina and Mone Stein with a halfback pairing. Yeah, I mean, what's that? Nine years ago, right? Yeah. What were we yeah. doing nine years ago? We were in the square. And then your centers, Jean de Villiers, was the captain of the side, and JJ Engelbrecht was at 13 with Habana on the wing, Villy on the wing, and the fullback was Zane Kirshner. So, I actually have, I don't have much to say. I also saw that team and I thought, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this is the last team to have gone in and won down in, in, in Australia. It's un, it's unfathomable. Yeah, and the only other player featuring this weekend is actually Sia, who was wearing the 20 jersey on the day. He was on the bench. So not much experience winning in Oz in this 23 that we've named for Saturday. Uh, unbelievable. Actually, sorry, I just have to mention, because looking at the bench, it's it's <coughs> unreal. It's uh, Adrian Strauss, Cutthroat Steenkamp. Cutthroat Steenkamp. <laughs> Can you believe it? Eh? I mean, Kuni Oosthuizen, I can still believe, yeah, but Cutthroat Steenkamp, he felt, felt like he played way too long ago. 
Ja, Jean Recrea, Janu Vermaak, Pat Lambie, and Jan Serfentain. That feels... uh, it's your boy, Pat Lambie. Yeah, it feels like that was ages ago. But I mean, those are the last guys that tasted victory in Australia, which is madness. We're being nostalgic here now because uh, we're actually a little bit shell-shocked you know, if you think about how long ago we actually had a win over there. So so maybe let's stop being nostalgic. Let's focus on this coming week and let's talk about the current Springbok 23 that's going to run up. Yeah, well, the box named their 23 a little bit of a surprise. It came quite early from, from Chalkney Narba coming out on a Monday. So he's given a good 62 hours or so to his opposition to work out their team and their strategy to combat us. So I'll run us through quickly the front row there. Oxen Chair, Joseph Dweber, Franz Malherber. What do you think of that, Ronald? Look, we say it every week. It's the same bloody, you know, we've got such great forwards and stuff that we can really choose anyone. I think the only one here with a bit of an asterisk is Joseph after his last performance. We hope that, uh, you know, giving him the run against Australia gives him an opportunity to to shut up the, the naysayers like us from, from the last game. And maybe it's it's a little bit of a redemption game for him. So we really hope that that, that is the case. And we also hope that he gets more than, what, 25 minutes? Or, or what did he get last time? Yeah, 29 minutes in the last game. So I actually have quite a, a bit to say about this Buck team, but I'm it's about a number of players. So I'm going to save it for the end of the team. At lock, we see Irben and Lurt pairing again. So pretty much expected. Yeah, so- nothing to add. Sio Khaleesi at six, Peter Steph de Toy at seven, and Dwayne is retained at eight. You pausing there to see what I have to say about Dwayne. Yes, correct. I I, I don't know what I, how I feel about Dwayne. He obviously had a he didn't have one of his greatest games against the All Blacks and he was taken off early. Uh let's just hope that uh look after the presser that, that took place with, with Etzabeth and jo- Coach Shock, uh he mentioned that uh can't remember his exact choice of words, but he said something along the lines of the coaching staff a little bit arrogant in some of the decisions that they made, um, and they'll they'll learn from that. And I'm hoping that what he was doing there was referring to uh, bringing Oaks off so early. Um, and he said, "Look, there's there's a there's a set of tasks that 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 the starting lineup need to complete, I and mean, when they've completed that, and the team feels that strategically and tactically, it's it's a right time to do subs. They will." But I just don't see it. And so many subs so early in the first half is not a good idea. And so let's hope Dwayne isn't part of a, a first half sub, you know, what's the word? <laughs> sub uh, exodus uh, that, that happened like, like with the All Blacks. And let's hope he can actually play for 50 minutes. And just on that point, if you're going to call it a tactical substitution and you lose, that makes it a bad tactical substitution. I'm just putting that out there to be to be That's just, a just terrible pon- thing to say. Ponder on it, Ronald. Uh, halfback Fafter Clerk returns. Uh, Andre Pollard partnering him. I like the left-right boot combination of the two. Then, as I mentioned earlier, that's just going to be a lot of kicking to the Aussies. Yeah, I've got nothing more to say. That starts to see the chaotic Faf and 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 the consistent calm Andre Pollard play together again. I mean, they are, I believe, our number one pairing. So let's see what they can do this weekend. Yeah, then over to the centers, Damien Dialenda and Lucanio Um. I was wondering if Lucanio Um was going to be named on the wing, considering all the injuries we had there, but very glad to see he's back in the 13 jersey because I think he's a vital cog on defense for the box. I enjoy the old Damien and Lucanio uh, pairing, but but I mean, you made, a, you made something that I didn't actually think about yet. It would have actually been an opportunity to maybe split up the 12 and 13 and bring on some additional centers. In a, in a pressure situation, it is going to be a difficult game to maybe split up that pairing and give some other guys a little bit more game time at 12 or 13. Yeah, it's well, this is the call the coaches have made. Maybe some experimentation next weekend. 
And then the back three, Mapimpi at 11, Damien Willems at 15, and Warwick Halant drafted in on the wing. Warwick Halant, I think after the last performance or, you know, after Jesse Creel going down, we all kind of knew that Halant was probably going to be the guy to pick, be picked on right wing. I mean, he did play, uh, Warwick Halant did play at wing. The last time he played for the Springboks, I think that was against Canada back in the World Cup. So uh, he's practiced there, he's played there, and he was just next. I think he was the, f- you know, he's the fifth choice now. I don't, I don't know if he's the fifth choice winger, but he was just uh, the fifth option that they've gone with now. Uh, Damien Willemse doing very well, I think, at the moment. So I'm happy to see him there. Look, we're also trying to find things to say about the Springbok team, but we actually all know what's 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 in this team, and we know what can what we can expect. Uh, we just hope that all 15 the starters and and the eight on the bench actually fire the way that we want want them to fire, because that's that's a challenge. We've got we had 23 great players, but not everyone fired the way they should have against All Blacks. Yeah, and you know, for Galant as well, I just hope he keeps his head safe because Caleb Clark was in that position uh, running at the box and he damaged Fuff and Jesse Creel. And it doesn't get any easier facing down the likes of Marika Corabetti. And then just a quick look at the I, I just had something to say about Warwick Galant. Um, it was about uh, a year ago, I went down to the Seattle Coffee just down the road and I met Warwick Galant. Yes, you're cool, eh, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, carry on. And then looking at the Bach bench, uh, Malcolm Mark, Stephen Kitsoff, Vincent Koch, Franku Mostert, Quacha Smith, Jaden Hendrickson, Alton Yankees, and Franz Stein. So we've moved away from the 6-2 split. Good point, right? So we've definitely moved away from the 6-2 split. Um, we've introduced a 5-3 split. What does this say? Does this mean we are agreed that the 6-2 split is risky and we might get caught out at some point? Or are we... Uh, do we think that the forwards are going to be a lot easier? The, the Australian forwards are going to be a lot easier to face. So what exactly are we thinking there? Well, I'm quite worried because Dwayne didn't make 40 minutes in the last test that there's no Jasper Visa to bring on for him there. Quacha can come on at eight, but it's hardly a like-for-like replacement, taking nothing away from the skill that Quacha does bring to the game. Alton Yankees, uh, yeah, I'm not too pleased about that. Alton had an absolute shocker at Loftus. To be honest, I'd hope that was the last time I saw him in a Springbok jersey. But here he is, okay. playing against the okay, Aussies. I, I, I'm going to be a little bit controversial here. And I'm, saying, I'm going to say I'm glad he's actually in, in the team. Of course. Uh, and are, I, I, hope he gets, I hope he gets 20 minutes. Because look, he's clearly our number 210, right? We took him to the World Cup and he's been number two ever since. We need our number two to be firing us. Or because if Polly goes down, we're in deep, deep trouble. So... You know, I was always like, yeah, maybe Alton's a good choice to have their number two. Yeah, we kind of need him there. And then he really let me down at Loftus. But I think, you know what? Redemption time. Let's see if he can put his hand up. Uh, this is what he's made of. See if he can dig deep and he can, you know, prove prove that he should be a buck. Because maybe this is his last chance. This is it. If he can't do it now, then then we, we send him home and we put Gerwin Bosch there instead. <laughs> I'll go dust off my boots. Oh, cheapest. We're not that desperate, but okay. <laughs> so I actually have something to say because I'm quite angry at the Springbok team that's been named for this weekend. I feel like Jacques Nienaba has decided that we're not going to beat the Wallabies in Australia. And he's just decided, okay, well, let me mess with the 23 here. Because you cannot tell me that we're going for a 5-3 split and now Joseph Dweber and Dwayne Fumielen must start. I'm tired of this nonsense where it's, yeah, we, Malcolm's got a specific job and we want to insert him in the end of the game. 
you know, the bomb squad effect. I'm sorry, you don't need a bomb squad if your starting team does the job. I agree with the bomb squad tactic when you've got Bongi ripping it up for 50 minutes and then you bring Malcolm on. But when you've got a young hooker with a little bit of experience who did not perform in the last game, he should not be in the starting team. Same thing for Dwayne. Come off the bench or stay in the training squad. You do not deserve that spot in the starting team when you cannot perform for 80 minutes. That should be the minimum requirement. Then I do not understand Alton Yankees and Franz Stein on the bench. Now, if we run out of steam, we've got two players. Franz Stein hasn't played since he hurt his hamstring in the Curry Cup. Alton Yankees had an absolute shocker against Wales at Loftus. So what if we're in trouble there? And now these guys come on. I back Franz Stein to pull a performance out because he's just an absolute monster. But for me, these are silly decisions that have been taken by the management team. You don't know. Yeah, that got me quite worked up and I'm glad I got it off my chest. But it was, I wanted. I didn't want to interject there because you were on a roll. I just watched you through the screen here. Uh, the passion in your eyes, sweat dripping down your forehead, the vein almost popping out of it. Uh, that was your <laughs> rant, eh? I actually have one more thing to add to that. Oh, shit. Ding, the, ding, ding. <laughs> the Aussies in their last five fixtures have shown themselves to be extremely slow starters. They are performing better in the second half. So a coach, a prudent coach would have looked at that and been like, you know what? We're going to hit the Aussies broken in the first half. They're soft there. They're not in the game. They're not focusing. Club, we're getting four points. Argentina did it. They had their bonus point for the tries before half time. Two tries in the first six minutes. Why are we throwing that opportunity away? Are you done now? Yes, thanks, Ronald. I'm not going to agree. I'm not going to disagree with you. I thought that that was a beautiful piece that you just had there. Beautiful moment to yourself. Next two cents. And uh, <laughs> and, and and I'm not going to agree or disagree. I, I may not have nodded my head and shook my head there in certain parts, but I think that that was well said. We'll, let, we'll see if the listeners can, can send in there and say, yeah, the next two cents is better than Ronnie's two cents or Ronnie's two cents is better than next two cents. But that was well done. Thank, thanks, Ronald. I'm, you know, I'm learning from the best, as they would say. Hey? Just that I'd give it's it a It's actually try. nice to get a little bit riled up as well when you say something that you that you that you agree with. I saw the vein in your forehead. Uh, <laughs> that's that was... just that's just because I'm also thirty. The last two games the box played in Australia was last year. The first one was relatively co- close, 28-26. and then the second one, the Aussies blew us out the water, thirty seventeen. So I'm hoping we don't get a repeat of that this weekend, and then. Hopping across the, I don't want to call it the pond. You know what I mean? The Over ditch. To the ditch. Yeah, it's not quite across the dingo fence, as our mate Simon would have said. But All Blacks versus Los Pumas, the Orange Theory Stadium in Christchurch. When you said the Orange Theory in the agenda, I thought, what, what is this? I've never heard of the Orange Theory uh, it's Stadium a, in Christchurch. It's a sponsor. It's a kind of soft drink in, in New Zealand. Is it? Sounds no, delicious. I'm, I'm talking absolute nonsense. I have no idea. It sounds like a cell phone to, to company. But sure, okay. So we've got Vamos Los Pumas and, and the All Blacks uh, over in Christchurch. Pumas, do you think they favor themselves to beat the All Blacks again? I think the Pumas will have looked a lot at the Imbombela performance of the mm. box. You know, for again, talking about the aerial contest, they will they will have looked at that. You know, they, if they can eliminate some of their own mistakes, right? And then just put themselves in the right in, in the right places or the right time on the right side of the field and, and snatch up three points, three points, three points. 
I think they actually. I think they stand a chance. I think they might favor themselves. I think that they are chomping at the bit, frothing at the mouth, doing whatever they that they they're eyeing this first game as as uh, especially off the back of beating the Wallabies convincingly. Yeah, you know, this gonna, they target. They exactly they are targeting this first game against the All Blacks. I don't think it will go their way, but I think uh, we're going to see a fiery Los Pumas come out there. Yeah, I think that's going to be a hell of a contest. I think many of us were not expecting Ian Foster to still be there. And, you know, it'll come down to he's obviously retained his job. But Joe Schmidt has has joined in the coaching team now. It'll be interesting to see what imprint he has on their attack because we know he's a very experienced and a very skilled coach. And Ireland are reaping the dividends of his coaching now. Look, uh, two points there. We'll talk, first we talk about Fuzzy. I think um, New Zealand Rugby Federation, NZ, whatever they are, right? Um, you, you know, they've 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 handled the Ian Foster situation dismally over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I'm glad that they finally made a statement and said, look, this is what we're doing. Ian Foster's staying till after the World Cup. Uh, at least they're making a decision. Afterwards, they can say whether it was the right or wrong decision, but at least they've made one. There isn't this gray area uh, that everyone's speculating, oh, is Fozzie going to keep his job? Is he going to go? So you know what? They made a call and they and let's hope that they stick to it. Um, it was also nice to see in the press conference after the last win, a couple of the All Blacks players actually went and, and, and showed solidarity to their coach. Ian Foster so you know that was Sam Kane, Sam Whitelock I heard Aaron Smith was there too you know they they wanted to show solidarity so that that's that's very important and a number of the pundits this the last couple of days that I've been listening to have said that it's very important that you have the dressing room that's probably your most important so he's got the team on there on his side so well done Ian Foster you know what I'm going to back you let's see where it goes I think a lot of the Teams around the world are happy that Ian Foster's staying. They're hoping they've got a bit of a chance now, so I, I don't know so much. But yes, and then Joe, Joe Schmidt, obviously stepping into a bit more of a formal formal coaching role. Now he's, He was a bit of a, what, a selector or an advisor previously, but he's getting a little bit more hands-on now, so that's also good to see. Does that mean that he's the next in line? I don't know if Joe Schmidt would return to a full-time coaching role. Maybe he would. I mean, who would turn down the All Blacks job? But I think having him there on the field now with a whistle is going to be crucial to rectifying the All Blacks attack, which used to be so deadly. But I think on on the point you made as well, I think Ian Foster will do much better now that that cloud is no longer hanging over him. Because you can imagine the effect that has on the team environment, on the coach. You know, the team's whole psychological space will have changed now that they at least know what they've got leading up to the World Cup and they can start to refocus as a group now without another review hanging over them. But yeah, I don't know if Joe Schmidt can turn them around in about a week. We'll have to have to see. I am hoping for a Pumas win. It would be lacquer to see. But I think New Zealand at home, very, very tough to tough to topple them. Although Argentina did it in 2020. Argentina did it, uh, but I do agree with you. This is this is most likely going to go the way of the All Blacks. Um, you know, they're also they're also feeling a little bit more confident. Um, things are a little bit more stable in the camp, a little bit more certain. Uh, so I think that's what we'll we'll see. For me, I would also, if I was the All Blacks coaching team, show more faith to the team that I selected for Ellis Park. I thought their young front row did very very well, and I think when a team achieves that against a box pack. They deserve to retain those starting jerseys and get the chance to make a second statement mm-hmm. at home. So I'm hoping to see that that some sense at least rings true there, and they they stick with the youngsters up front. But yeah, meanwhile, having... just just before you move on from that, I just want to make a point though. That I thought that was a very bold bold uh, call to make by um, 
by Ian Foster to select such a young teacher, stick with him because his, his job was supposedly on the line and he took a gamble with a very young team. He could have added some more experience and bolstered that front row of some of his positions with more experienced players and he didn't. He took a gamble and, and you rightly said it now. They did exceptionally well at Ellis Park. So that's good on them. And that's a ballsy move from, from Ian Foster. I'll take my hat off to you, sir. Well, we're not quite, you're not sir yet. Just, um, so we'll see. <laughs> Not, not yet or so. And then, Ronnie, jumping over to the rugby championship log. Funny to see New Zealand down in fourth place, bottom of the log on four points. Springboks also on four, just beating them on points difference. And then Oz in second place with five points. And Los Pumas leading the log on five points with the best points differential there. So very, very interesting to see what's up for play this weekend. And then I think another shout out to the Bach women. Hey, this is becoming a regular on the show. Well done to them. They beat Spain 37-14. Bit of a difficult start, but they were playing out in potch. And those university kids filled up that stadium. It was epic to see such a good crowd there for the girls. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant to see some more women's rugby as well. Uh, you know, they played at Ellis Park. Uh, they played a little bit earlier in the day. It uh, would have been nice to see a, little, a bit of a bigger crowd, but you're right. The students really showed up. They they tend to do that, right? So you take it to the universities, and those students are gonna um, are gonna show up, and, and and it's really nice to see. So well done to them on beating Spain back to back, and uh, I believe they're what's the next game is it's, it's onto the World Cup now. So they've had some warm up fixtures. They've got some really exciting players as well um, in the fullback position. We actually do need to dedicate a segment to them. I think you know, as as the as the World Cup approaches for them, um, we'll be dedicating a lot more time to the women's team because yeah, well done to them. They're playing really well. Yeah, and I think Harry, one of our writers, actually called Libby the most rounded fly half in South Africa. So you know, she's playing very well at ten for the Bach women, and yeah, all the best to them. They've moved up to tenth in the world rankings now. They started the season out at thirteenth, so very very well done to them. And then, Ronnie, on to the worst segment of this whole podcast where we have to struggle to make a pick and stand by it. So I picked first last time. It's it's up to you now. What are you going for the box Wallabies clash? Uh, so I'm going to back the uh, referee in this one. The referee by what? <laughs> 18 <laughs> penalties. Uh, so that's a lame joke. I'm, I'm I'm out of good jokes this week, but that's uh, that'll that'll change for next week. But yeah, South Africa, South Africa are the favourites. Um, you know, looking at the bookies, looking at all the various algorithms out there, I think uh, South Africa. You know, they're the favourites. It's not clear favourites, but they are. So I'm going to go South Africa by. Oh, dude, this is going to be a tough one um, because we haven't won there South Africa by say three. Right, it has to be a close one. So SA by three. Yeah. I am going. It hurts so much to say this, but I'm going Oz by two. I don't think we're going to beat Australia with the team that has been selected. Yeah, you're shocked. I can see that. It's the first time I've ever yeah, especially back. Uh, no, especially because you give me so much shit in the past when you when you when you go with your heart and not your head, right? And then you say, "Oh, yeah, can you ever go against the Springboks? How can you ever go against the South Sea Sharks?" You know, sometimes you just feel like it's going the other way. Like, look, I admire you and I appreciate it. I think you're a bloody idiot still, but yeah, used to used to be betting with your with your head. And still then think it's wrong. Yeah, you can you can think what you like, Ronnie, but I just I I don't have faith that this twenty three is going to get the job done. And then Los Pumas v All Blacks. What is your pick for that one? Yeah, so I'm going to go New Zealand here by if New Zealand by fifteen, New Zealand by sixteen, New Zealand by f- 
16. Hey, wow. I know I know we said that this was going to be a, a, a game and the, the Pumas are chomping at the bit, but still, I mean, it's still Blacks at home. Yeah, New Zealand by 16. And again, I'm differing from you. I'm going Argentina by four. <laughs> I mean, Guys, I, I don't never... actually know what to say. I've never seen Ronnie speechless before now, so this is quite a quite a thing. Hey, I'm I'm going out there. Clearly, I've I'm on the wrong side of things this week with my rant and and all of that. But let me have one one different week, Ronald. Yeah, okay, we'll give you one one very controversial weekend. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll give you that, right? But I mean, at least you're sticking by some so a really bold statement there. But I mean, if you if you get that right, Australia and Argentina, and you actually back yourself on Super Brew, you're gonna you're gonna jump ahead of everybody. I think you're gonna be top dog. For, for a while but yeah oof, let's hope that's not the case look i hope with argentina that you, you're right but i don't see it yeah it's a bold strategy there hey ronnie and then bold strategy cotton <laughs> yeah so we've obviously got the super brew and once again we've come up with a classic cool code i know you say you don't make these things up and and that's what super brew gives you but for the urc super brew we've got another interesting pool code i think nick channeled his inner shakespeare here and, and the pool code is edgy thou E-D-G-Y-T-H-O-U, edgy thou. I'll try to use it in a sentence, but I just really don't know how those two go together. No, you see, the youngsters in my office actually told me that edgy thou is like a move in the club. You know, this guy's being edgy thou. He's 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 dancing too close <laughs> to the girls. So <laughs> it's, it's actually slang. <laughs> uh, is it? Okay, this guy's being edgy. His vibe's not quite right. He's, he's edgy thou. So yeah, guys, join he's us. He's not being Gucci group. enough. <laughs> join us on Superbrew. You can beat Ronnie and try and beat me. It's quite easy to, to topple old Ronald. He's not the smartest you've heard his picks just now. I'm ahead of you on all logs and everything. I mean, this is ridiculous. I've won more medals this year than you have ever dreamed of. And every time you come in, you say it's easier to beat me. But I mean, are you are you are you a bloody idiot? You sound like a bull supporter. Oh, we've got all the medals. That was 2009, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> And then, Ronnie, you sound like you've warmed up nicely for a rant. What do you have? No, you know, you've actually used up our, our allotted uh, rant um, time on the podcast already. So I'm not going to rant too much. But what I am going to say is uh, you spoke about the, the women's rugby as well. And we definitely do not give women's rugby enough uh, enough airtime and, and, you know, right across the board in everywhere. We definitely should be focusing on that a bit more. Going hand in hand with that, we should also be giving the under-18s a little bit more airtime as well. We've, we've completely missed the fact that uh, there's been a bit of an international series going on, 18 for that. Yeah, so the SA uh, under-18s are absolutely dismantling France, 49-17, to 17, um, and the SA under-18 A-team losing it after the buzzer to England. So, you know, we, we we do need to start dedicating more time to, you know, across the board, you know, super, super sport, uh, us, the media, social media, needs to start uh, highlighting some of these uh, games that are happening because, you know, it's almost year in, year out, we're very dominant with our younger teams, right? And then uh, you've said it before on podcasts, we lose some of these young our younger talent to overseas we all saw on social media now that uh, that french um that french player doing the interview in afrikaans yeah that know? was unreal, so, hey. we lost it really early right and uh <laughs> but still but we need to start highlighting games like this we need to start uh watching the women's rugby watching the the younger teams uh play as well so you know, we, we were dominant, not just uh, at, at national Springbok level, but um, we've got some peripheral teams as well that are doing exceptionally well. 
So we need to start uh, giving them a little bit more airtime and congratulating them on, on some good performances. But yes, yeah, so women's rugby, fantastic performance against Spain uh, and the SA under-18s, fantastic performance against France and the under-18As, unfortunately, going down after the buzz against England. So it's not really a rant, but I think you you used it by rant time, like I said earlier. And just to, to extend what you said there, Paul Rose also beating Grey Bloom. That was a good victory for them. Yes, as well. Another right. one. And then time for some stat chat, eh, Ronald? So I'm going to look at the Bok versus Oz history and give you a little bit of information there. The first test between these two sides was played on the 8th of July, 1933 at Newlands in Cape Town. The Box won that fixture 17-3. The Box hold a 57% win record against Australia, 75% win record at home against the Aussies, and the Aussies have a 60% win record at home against the Box. So heavily favored on where these tests are taking place you know they they seem to be more successful at home the teams have met each other three times at the world cup in 1995 it was a pool fixture the box won that 27 13 1999 semi-final the aussies knocked the box out of that competition 27 21 and a win again in the 2011 world cup the aussies won that one 11 9 the controversial bryce lawrence david pocock combination there's been 90 tests played between the box and the Aussies so far. Box of 148, Australia 39, and there've been three draws. So all to play for in test number 91. So so can we conclude that these are, the, I mean, we're a pretty even match against the Aussies over the last, say, what, 100 or 90 years or whatever it is, or 90 yeah. test matches. You know, we don't like to say it, but they could probably be our most, uh, our biggest equal. That's probably true, hey, if the, the stats don't lie. Stats don't lie. Well done. <laughs> but yeah, guys, on that note, thanks for joining us. We'll catch up with all of you nice and bright and early on uh, Saturday morning. Mm-hmm.